0: From Mountain Home to Raft River, we've got all the District 4 analysis you'll need to know. This is the Magic Valley PrepCast with Scott Burton. Welcome in another
1: edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down everything District 4 week in, week out in the state of Idaho. I am Brandon Bainey, as always, joined by Scott Burton, who uh, today has decided to be under the alias of Billy Chappell, the uh, legendary pitcher from For Love of the Game.
0: One of the best movies ever. One of the best sports movies ever. And If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it little uh, Kevin Costner action. Oh, man. What a a great, great movie.
1: Definitely. And so uh, for newcomers or maybe people that are listening to the audio-only version of this Uh, podcast on IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, we do a video version of this each week as well on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel and Facebook page. So if you want to take the plunge or you want to see Scott's microphone off to the side there, (laughs) you can can see where we're working and what what we're doing. Scott's broadcasting from his office today. Um, But we always have our names uh, on the bottom here as well, so people know which one's Brandon and which one's Scott. Uh, And Scott, uh, since we got into the spring sports season, has been using uh, different aliases, different nicknames for his name at the bottom there. So Billy Chappell uh, from the Hollywood movie For Love of the Game. Uh, Whoever created that is like a, a genius because he got a bunch of guys to basically go sit through a chick flick. With the, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's genius because women love it because it's a, a chick flick and guys love it because there's just enough baseball in there to keep us interested, right?
0: Yeah, it is. And I never thought of it that way. Now I'm going to have to reassess kind of my uh, <laughs> my opinion. <laughs> I am not the rom-com chick flick kind of guy, but uh, you know, I'll sit through them if I have to. But uh, yeah, you're right. There was just enough baseball. And plus, you're talking about perfection. And boy, isn't that a nice little tie into what we're going to talk about today?
1: Yeah, we are going to talk about perfection. Um, We will get to it in just a second, though. First, I want to talk about uh, because golf, uh, the postseason for for high school golf is rapidly approaching. Golf is always the first sport uh, that kind of kicks off its postseason, and so states only a couple weeks away. Districts is going to get up and running here uh, in the next week. And we we talked uh, earlier this year uh, about the Kimberly golf team, and we kind of just talked about one individual golfer, Reese Gary, on the girls side, who's such a tremendous individual golfer. But you know, Kimberly as a team, I think we discredit their team a little bit um kimberly went to the snake river invite last week you know there was over 12 teams you know 12 to 15 teams competing there and kimberly won the team titles not only on the girls side but the boys side as well it was a very impressive showing
0: oh and it was in in dominating fashion i mean the boys won by almost 30 strokes and the girls won by 50 you know and these are two teams that are that they they challenged for a state title last year And for the boys, they've got four of their five coming back and all the girls are coming back. And so this is a program that is going to have a chance to do something that that doesn't get done very often. And that is, can both the boys and the girls bring home state banners, uh, first place championship banners? And I tell you what, Kimberly is the team, both boys and girls, uh, to get it done. And they see it. And they've got their sights set on it because i mean the girls i mean we talked about reese gary already i mean she's averaging like a 78 when she hits the links i mean that's ridiculous um and then that's also a team that that lost by two strokes last year i believe in you know the state tournament so this is going to be a fun fun state tournament for kimberly because they have a chance for both
1: we talked about all year long, it being the year of the musher, right? Camas County at the one a level had been having a lot of success across all athletics. You know, we, we got to start talking about, you know, it's, it's kind of Kimberly's year too, right? They won the boys basketball state championship in the winter football, uh, kind of got derailed with injuries, but, but this spring, mm-hmm. You talk about the golf teams, boys and girls. You talk about the Kimberly baseball team, which we're going to get to in just a second. And then you talk about those track and field athletes. And we've t- we've talked about Kimberly a lot this spring, Scott.
0: Yeah, we have. I mean, Kimberly has got something special going on right now with the athletes they've got coming through. You know, and a lot of that, too, is really kind of the makeup of the community. You know, it's it's easy to see when you get out into all these communities and you see the towns, you see kind of what they're about, their makeup, and you get to know their community a little bit. It's easy to see why some of these towns and schools are having a lot of success. Kimberly is just the, the perfect little town uh, that's got enough blue-collar agriculture and city kids. I mean, they've got the great combination of everything and they are having a tremendous, tremendous year. And and it's not going to end anytime soon.
1: Yeah, that's 100% correct. Uh, those golfers, I've got the lineup here uh, at that Snake River invite in Blackfoot. Kimberly Boys, 321 overall. Like you said, one in dominating fashion. Toby Hyder shot a 75. Jamison Harper a 78. Aiden Murphy an 83. Joe Hopkins an 85. And Chase Mahler up in 86. All five guys were below. 90, which is kind of, to me, uh, depending on the course, you know, 90 is kind of the benchmark between, you know, the, the, the elite and, you know, the guys that were struggling on that particular day. So that's pretty impressive.
0: Well, you know, the cool thing about that is all those guys you just mentioned, they're underclassmen. They're, there's not a senior in the group. You know, you're talking about Heider, who's a junior, Harper's a junior, Murphy's a junior, Hopkins is a junior, and Malarev's a freshman. You know, so if they're able to pull this off, why can't they repeat next year? You know, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah,
1: that's uh that's pretty scary and terrifying for other three A <laughs> programs uh, on the girls side. Uh, Reese Gary, they, they won the team title 349. Reese Gary was your medalist at 80. No surprise oh. there. Allie Stastny, 87. Uh, Ellie Stastny, 88. So there's Allie and Ellie. They were right back to back 87, 88, Marissa McCallum, 94 and Danielle price, one Oh five. That also is again, very impressive one through five. And that depth is going to serve them well at state.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, we talked about, you know, Reese averaging about a 78 um, the 80, a little bit above what she's doing, but you know, I mean, you can factor in weather this spring for a lot of you know high scores. Um, we'll have golf in the fall next year. But, you know, it's a whole other deal. But uh, this uh, Kimberly team, yeah, they are averaging, you know, three scores under 90, sometimes four. And when you can get that in girls golf, and it really almost doesn't matter at what level, you are going to be up there. And if you are in the three A's and you're getting four scores under 90, not only are you going to be up there, you're going to dominate. And that's what Kimberly is. They have got golfers from top to bottom on that girl's side. And, um, you know, we talk about Gary the senior, Stastny twins, uh, just sophomores, uh, Whitney Ward, a junior, and McCallum as a senior. So they've got some youth in there as well.
1: Yeah. It's going to be really fun to watch Kimberly um, as they uh, will compete at state May 16th and 17th. So we're, you know, that's, that's not that far away. Um, District play will be in a couple of weeks as well. And the 3A state tournament this year is going to be at Riverbend golf course in Wilder. You ever golf there, Scott?
0: No, I haven't. And I was kind of looking up uh, Riverbend earlier this morning and and uh checking it out and i was like gosh you know what it would be kind of fun to get up there and just start playing these courses that uh, these tournaments are on so when you talk about them you know what they went through and you know speaking of which one of the bucket list things you know for me which would never happen of course but what would be so cool is if you were to take a a pga event like uh, like like the masters or the u.s open or something and then the day after, like the Monday, play the course just like the pros played it on Sunday and then just see what happens. You know, it give you a little bit perspective on kind of what they have to battle and what they go through. Um, and, you know, and the, the same thing here when you go up to Wilder, go play that and you know what the kids are going through. It'd be kind of fun.
1: Yeah, that that would be uh, that'd be a lot of fun for sure. So, uh, of course, that weather's got to cooperate as well. So we'll keep our keep our yeah. fingers crossed there. All right. Well, continuing our Kimberly theme uh, for this week's show, um, let's move on to the baseball team. Now, we kind of teased this on last week's prep cast. Mm-hmm. This actually happened last Monday, so we're a little over a week ago. But we just right. didn't have enough time to get it in under the deadline for last week's show. But uh, the Kimberly baseball team, they, they swept Gooding in the doubleheader last Monday and uh, on the surface, you go, okay, two nice wins, but you dig a little deeper and you see that, you know, uh, history was made on the mound for, for Kimberly.
0: It definitely was. And you don't get that very often. Um, it was a, a run rule game. So it went, you know, five innings, but uh, we had a perfect game. Billy Chapel right here in Kimberly, Idaho. Uh And it was, uh, you know, Jackson, golly, what a a great, great outing he has had uh, this year. Um, Just one of those kids that just works hard, stays after, does extra conditioning. Um, But his stats are incredibly impressive. Um, His ERA is 0.7. I mean, 0.7 ERA. He's only allowed three earned runs so far this year in two of his, and and they came in two of his seven appearances, you know, he's got 52 strikeouts in 30 innings. I mean, do the math there. I mean, he's striking almost two people out per inning, which is insane. You know, he's given up 12 hits and five of those came against Marsh Valley in his last outing, you know, and uh, he's also getting it done at the plate. Hitting 475, four home runs, he leaves a 3A and runs scored. I mean, this kid is a baller, and he's having a heck of a year. And then his perfect game—that uh, was that was a lot of fun, you know. That I, I was talking to, you know, their their coach, and uh, whenever you get something like that, you always kind of wonder at what point in the game do you notice something is going to happen. Or something special is in the making, and it was about the fourth inning. Um, Jackson went out to pitch, and a couple of the guys on the bench started talking about the no hitter, and so and they they noticed and they asked the coach, "Hey, should we say something?" The coach is like, "No, no, 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 don't say anything." Um, but by the time the fifth inning rolled around, uh, it was like, "Oh my gosh, this kid's got a perfect game going," and by that time, everybody was talking about it. So he went out to the fifth, in the fifth inning, uh, shut them all down, um, and he, he faced 15 batters that game, 12 strikeouts. I mean, dominating from top to bottom. And so, congratulations, perfection in Kimberly.
1: Yeah, Jackson Cummins, uh, dual threat pitcher and batter, as you said. There's a younger Cummins, Jacob Cummins, is on the roster, and you know it's not Billy Chapel but Brennan chapel, uh, plays for, for, right,
0: right. (laughs) Well, you know, you talk about it. They've got, uh, they've got a pretty good pitching staff there as well. I mean, you know, Jackson Cummins and Brennan chapel lead that group of, of starters. Um, but they get solid contributions from Jake Lloyd and Parker Stringham, um, along with seven other guys that can step on the mound and get it done. They've got two catchers that rotate in and out uh race widmeyer and jordan flamling and and according to their coach those two catches are the best that he's ever worked with so the battery at kimberly is is impressive because you, you can rotate many guys that can throw and, and you know and, and we've been based around baseball enough if you've got pitching um man you can compete with anybody but what kimberly's got with their 18 and 3 record is not only great pitching but they can score a ton of runs. They just haven't had to because their pitching has been so dominant. You want to talk about how great Kimberly has been this year in baseball. You know, they've got three losses. Um, Two of those are to Marsh Valley and that just happened. And then their only other loss was an opening day loss to Filer. Then they rattled off 18 in a row, you know, before losing to Marsh Valley. So Kimberly ranked number one in the latest coaches poll. Marsh Valley ranked number two. So I have a feeling those two have not seen the last of each other.
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool. They played. They went to Aramo to play Marsh Valley last Thursday and lost three to two. And then Kimberly hosted Marsh Valley on Saturday and lost by the same score, three to two. And we know Marsh Valley uh, is kind of right now the the premier program in 3A baseball, right? Uh One state uh, three years ago, then the COVID season happened, and then as the two-year defending champs last year, they were knocked out in the opening round on a walk-off home run by Weezer, the eventual 3A state champs. So um, yeah, you're right. I don't think these two have seen the last of each other. And for Kimberly, uh, that 3A baseball tournament's always a crap shoot, but uh, you got to like their chances going in.
0: Oh, you, you, you definitely do. And you know um, that those Marsh Valley games are really the only games that they have struggled to score you know, and, and it'll be interesting to see kind of what lessons they take from that. But according, you know, to their coaching staff, it's like, we learned a lot by playing those games against Marsh Valley, you know, and and that they're great little lessons to have going into a district tournament because, you know, you cruise for so long that sometimes you get this false sense of security that you are impervious to anybody, you know, knocking you off. But uh, Marsh Valley can change that and kind of awaken Kimberly just a little bit. Make okay, maybe we got to dial it in just a little bit, tighten some things up going into the district tournament. And that's kind of their mindset right now.
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned districts because yeah, the magic Valley, you know, other places, you know, up North and in the, tre- in the, in the treasure Valley, you know, they kind of wait, for districts but the magic Valley is like let's get it rolling let's go uh pretty much all the district tournaments uh in in district four are getting started this week so we're we're again i'm going to share my computer screen so you can look at all of the district brackets and we'll kind of just kind of quickly go over what the matchups are and again you can find all of these district uh, baseball and softball brackets on our website idahosports.com right there on the home page so i'm going to share my screen and let's let's just start with uh 3a district Four, kimberly the one seed no surprise there and if you're watching the video of this maybe make the video full screen so you can see the bracket a little more clearly uh kimberly the one seed they will play number four seed gooding we're recording this wednesday morning may 4th they will play tonight uh the one versus four and then the two versus three filer got the two seed buell got the three but uh to me kimberly kind of the clear favorite to me the more interesting battle will be for second place, uh, because second place will have a chance to challenge second place from District Five, which will probably be Snake River uh, for a play-in game to try and get to state.
0: Yeah, you know, and I think you're absolutely right. Kimberly is a clear favorite here. You know, unless something goes horribly wrong, Kimberly should, I would say, kind of cakewalk through this district tournament. I mean, they're just so deep uh, on the on the hill, and they can smack the ball around the yard. It's it's theirs to lose. Um, Filer, I think, is the clear second. Uh, so, you know, I think, I think what you're going to see out of this district, I think you're going to see Kimberly Cruz. Then I, I, I think you're going to see Filer um, work their way around to that playing game. Um, I, I, just, I just don't see Buell and Gooding being able to hang for that long.
1: Yeah, Feiler went thirteen and eight this regular season, six and two in the conference. Uh, I'm inclined to agree there. And you know, Snake River's been kind of a hard team to to figure out this year. I just uh, now Feiler did just play Snake River in a two game set in Blackfoot uh, on Saturday, and they lost five to four and twelve to five. So. You know, if it is Father and Snake River, hard to beat the same team three times in one year. So we'll just uh have to stay tuned and see. Um, let's go to two A. This is this one's gonna be quick. There's only two teams. It's Wendell, it's Declo. Uh <laughs> Wendell is the the one seed, I believe they won three of four against Declo this year. The one caveat is this year, the District Four champ doesn't automatically get to go. You have to win a play-in game against the second place team from District five, which is kind of a mess right now. Uh, could be Bear Lake, could be uh, Malad. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I think whoever wins this district has a really good chance of advancing And right now. That looks like Wendell.
0: Yeah. Again, I think it's Wendell's to lose. You know, Wendell has dominated this tiny conference all season long, and there's no reason to believe that they're going to fall apart in the district tournament, you know, so it's going to be them getting out of here and then heading to the play in game against district five. And, and uh, like you said, it is kind of messy over there right now. Uh, so I do see Wendell having a pretty good chance to get to that state tournament.
1: Yeah, Wendell twelve and two and one, which is you know it's nice for Wendell because Deklos kind of had a stranglehold on this league at least the past couple of seasons. It's felt like so.
0: Yeah, you know, and 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 Marty Hurd's done a great job over at Wendell too. You know, getting those boys ready to go. I mean, I've known him since I've been this big. You know, he's just a baseball guy through and through, and passionate about the game, and and uh, he's got Wendell playing well.
1: Definitely. So that starts today, the best of three game series. Uh, game one tonight, four thirty in Wendell. All right, Great Basin Conference, four A baseball. Twin Falls is the one seed. They get an opening round by Wood River, the two seed. They also get a bye in the first round. Uh, The play in game is Thursday. It'll be six versus seven. Burley will host Mountain Home. The winner of that game will play the three seed Minico. Uh, The only matchup that's locked in right now is number five, Canyon Ridge, against number four, Jerome. And that game will be played at Twin Falls on Saturday. So the way this works is you've got your four versus five, your three versus six. The winners of those then play the two teams who had the bye right away. So if you're if you're a four seed or a three seed, you've got to win two games on Saturday to get to the championship.
0: Yeah, that is exactly right. So the setup of this thing is really kind of unique. Uh, so you get, like, for example, Jerome and Canyon Ridge playing at Twin Falls at 11 o'clock. Uh, Turner, the winner, turns around and plays number one seed Twin, and the same with Minico and whoever the uh, winner of that Burley Mountain home game is. You know they're going to be playing that at Wood River, so it's boom boom right away. And boy, talk about Wood River coming out of nowhere in in this conference. You know it's been Twin and Minico for really forever. You know every once in a while a team like Jerome or Canning Ridge last year we'll throw a, a wrench into the, to the twin Minico dominance of this conference, but boy, here comes Wood River and uh, they have played some really good baseball. Dave slot in their head coach, you know, no stranger to baseball. Matter of fact, he, a, a twin guy, you know, so he, he understands how to get them going. Uh They are just a really solid baseball team. It's not like they stand out in, in one giant area. They don't, necessarily have the big ace on the hill but they're just balanced everywhere and uh, they play good baseball they don't make a whole lot of mistakes defensively they get timely hits they know how to manufacture runs they get enough solid pitching to stay relevant and it's going to be really interesting to see and i'm i'm, I'm more interested in that that wood river minico game because i don't think minico is going to lose to burley or mountain home whoever they play But that Minico Wood River game, I think that's the interesting matchup here. Uh, Jerome Canyon Ridge, they have played a couple of times. Jerome has gotten the better at Canyon Ridge. Uh, But Twin Falls has really kind of dominated this conference for the most part. Uh, That's why I'm really interested in that Wood River Minico matchup.
1: I mean, this is fascinating. When you look at Wood River, They split with Twin Falls this year. They beat the Bruins and lost to the Bruins. Mm -hmm. They just beat Minico in a doubleheader last Friday, April 29th. But they were a pair of one run wins, Scott, five to four, six to five. So
0: that's that's why I'm really interested in that matchup. And it's going to be at Wood River. Not that, uh, you know, home field necessarily has an advantage, but it's they get a hit last. That, that that's the important thing because i mean you know baseball is baseball you know um crowds are going to be the same i mean jerome canyon ridge they are not going to be playing on their field but they will be playing uh at twin falls's field but jerome is going to have the advantage just because they are going to be the home team that's what Wood river got by having it at their place you know that that home bottom half of the inning that's what's big in baseball, not necessarily the field itself, but having that last at bat.
1: Well, tell me this, too, because when you look at this conference, five of the seven teams are all kind of together, and the two outliers in terms of travel are Mountain Home and then Wood River. I mean, how much of an advantage is it that Minico is going to have to get up early you know, Saturday morning just to get up to Haley and then have to win twice?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there, there is that, and that's a good point, because that game is going to be played at 11 o'clock. You know, so they're going to have to get up early, hit the road. But uh, you know what? It's been one of those seasons to where it, by the end of it, if you're not used to those kinds of things, then, man, you don't have a chance. It's over before you even step out onto the field. Um, but, uh, yeah, of course, there's going to be an advantage for Wood River. They get to sleep in a little bit, kind of go through their own routine on their own field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I really think Benico is going to be just fine. Um And, you know, you don't know, you know, Minico may have a little chip on their shoulder coming in after uh, losing to Wood River as well. So especially when those games are as close as they were, you know, it could have gone either way. So uh, twin Minico, Wood River, obviously the top three. Now Jerome just beat Wood River um, last week or a couple days ago, rather Monday, I don't even know what day it is, Monday. um, In a game that really didn't matter as far as, seating and standings and stuff like that. So you kind of have to kind of walk it back on how much each coach put into it. Um, But there was a split with Wood River and Jerome this year as well. So I really think that Wood River, Minico, Jerome are really tight in their abilities, right? you got Twin, who's just a little bit ahead of everybody else. I agree. Uh, so that that second team coming out of here is really going to be interesting because it could be either one of those three teams. I think.
1: Yeah, and, and just because let's say Minico beats Wood River in the semifinals, this game here, they're probably going to meet on the back end here in this right. third third. So there's no guarantee that just whoever wins the semi is going to win this game. So that also is going to be very intriguing to me, and that play in game. Between Burley and Mountain Home, also very interesting to me, Scott. They played earlier this year and Burley won that game uh, kind of handily, right? They beat Mountain Home 12 to 1. Well, they were supposed to play Monday night, just like Jerome and Wood River did in a game that ultimately wouldn't have any bearing on the standings. Burley and Mountain Home have been locked into these two slots. Top of the second inning, Mountain Home is winning 5 to 2. The game gets called due to rain, doesn't end yeah. up counting. So that's going to be very interesting to me as well.
0: Yeah, that's, that kind of has been the theme all spring long is crappy weather and trying to figure that out. But, you know, when you work yourself through these district tournaments, uh, there, there is some strategy involved in how you handle your pitching. You know, uh, if, if you've got, you know, three solid hurlers that can just stand up there and throw, then there's not a whole lot of managing. You just get up there and you put your guys on the hill and you let it work. But when you don't, you've got to manage pitch counts. you got to be able to, you know, maybe, gosh, uh, get some runs so you can get some guys out of there. I mean, there is a lot going on here rather than just throwing dudes out there to let them play baseball. Because as a head coach, getting through this tournament, you've got to manage things well. And, the, well, I mean, that's why they call the manager, right? You know? But uh, that is gonna be really, really interesting. And then you look at the coaching staff through this conference, you've got veteran coaches here, especially uh, the top three teams are very veteran coaches. Um, Twin Falls and and head coach, Tim Stadlmeyer, you know, like we talked about uh, Slot and Wood River, you know, I mean, and then Minico, I mean, you got these guys that are just been around forever. And they know how to manage because this isn't their first rodeo going through tournaments. Now, Jerome's got a brand-new coach, a young kid, uh, Trevor Osler. And uh, he, he's no stranger to baseball, but this is his first district tournament. So I, if you want to look at the game within the game, that's where you look at it. How are these guys going to manage their pitching?
1: Yeah, and sometimes you need guys to just go out there and eat innings too.
0: And yeah, if
1: they give up some runs. That's okay. You got to trust your offense. So uh, the strategy in softball is a little different. As we transition now to some of the softball districts, we'll run through these quickly. In softball, if you've got two pitchers, you're set because a, a girl a girl that throws game one can turn around and throw game three with relatively little rest in in between. So when I look at this bracket here twin falls the one seed and the favorite they went 10 and two in the conference this year but there's really a top three twin falls wood river the two seed and mountain home the three seed to me twin falls was 10 and 2 in the league wood river and mountain home each went nine and three
0: yeah how about wood river now just kind of turning it on for baseball and softball i mean you don't you don't hear that very often but you know uh this spring the year of the wolverine right so twin wood river um and, yeah, Mountain Home is no slouch. Mountain Home is a good ball club. Uh, you know, they had high aspirations last year and got upset in the opening round of the district tournament uh, and then had their backs on the wall the, the rest of the way. But, you know, you look at this bracket right here, obviously Twin Falls is the, the team to beat. Now, their dominance, even though they went 10-2, and two, is not as – Great, I think, as it has been in the past. I think the gap is a little bit tighter in this particular year uh, between Twin Falls and, say, Wood River, um, even Mountain Home. And, and you can throw the wrench with Jerome in there as well. I think those top four can beat each other anytime. You know, um, I think twins, it's twins to lose. But uh, I think, that, like I said, I think the gap is a little bit closer than, than most years.
1: It all gets started with the play-in game tomorrow night. Uh, Number six, Canyon Ridge will host number seven, Minico. Twin Falls split with Wood River this year. They split with Mountain Home. And Mountain Home and Wood River split with each other. And so where did that third loss come from? Well, they each had an outlier. Wood River lost to Jerome. And uh, Mountain Home lost to Burley. So I yeah, see
0: what I mean? It's the yeah. gap is a little tighter. Those top four teams, especially, can all beat each other if the circumstances align correctly.
1: Yep, might just come down to who whose number two pitcher performs best because everybody's got an ace, everybody's got a stud, and it's all about that second pitcher, especially for the teams like Jerome and Mountain Home that are going to have to play two games on Saturday. It's a big advantage in softball, especially for Twin Falls and Wood River having those buys.
0: In the opening. Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, you know, you're going to get their ACE and all the ACE has to do is win one game and you're, you're playing in the district title game. Yeah. You know,
1: so. let, let me ask you, cause you're, you're a baseball guy and you've coached baseball in, in, in the past, uh uh-huh. quick strategy question. Okay. So if you, if you are a, a Jerome, a Burley, a mountain home, and you know that you have to win twice to get to that championship, do you, do you throw your best pitcher in that first round game to guarantee you get to the semi or do you gamble and try and save your ace to match up with the ace from the other team that's waiting?
0: Well, you know what? I, I think if you look too far ahead, you're going to miss the boat. You know, I think you see a lot of teams that um, plan too far ahead and then they don't ever get there, you know. So if it's me, I start my ace and i hope you know if the stars align i get a ton of run support and then i can maybe back off of my ace a little bit save some innings and some pitches cuz it's all pitch count now and go from there but i think you got to start and you got to win that first game cuz if you don't win that first game now you're now you're struggling and you're battling the rest of the way
1: yep i agree you got you got to win to fight in the moment and you worry yep. about the next game at the next game
0: yep. exactly right i yep. agree
1: all right, uh, 2A real quick, just like baseball, two-team two, two team affair, Deklo, Wendell. Uh, reverse this time, though, Deklo comes in as the favorite. Uh, they host the best-of-three-game series, uh, starts next Monday. So this is the one-district tournament that actually doesn't get started until next week, but uh, Declo is the favorite there, and same deal. District champ has to win a play-in game against second place from District 5, which, again, kind of looks like um, – could be West Side, could be Bear Lake. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. But um, Declo went four and zero against Wendell this year, heavy favorites.
0: Yeah, I don't see Declo stumbling at all here. I think Declo cruises through this. Uh, might even get the sweep, um, and then moves on to, like you said, could be West Side. Um, who knows? But Declo's not a bad team. You know, I, I, I see them having a really good shot uh, getting to that state tournament
1: yep and now a conference that we have spent a lot of time dissecting this year scott district four for class 3a this is totally up in the air throw a dart at the board i have no idea gooding is the one seed filer Mm -hmm. the two buell the three and kimberly which is the team everybody says on paper is the best they're the four seed um this starts today as well gooding will play kimberly Ah, uh, tonight at five, Filer will play Buell, and I, I have no idea how this is going to go.
0: Yeah, this one is probably the most interesting district tournament of all of them, whether it's baseball, softball, because top to bottom, any one of these teams can win. You know, like you mentioned, Kimberly was the the preseason favorite to win, run the table, dominate, and here they are, the number four seed. You know, so and and they still can beat any one of these teams. So. This tournament is going to be wild uh, because there is no clear-cut favorite. And there is nobody that is, doesn't have a chance here. So this one is going to be fun.
1: And, and, again, we've done some in previous episodes. We did a deep dive into the Gooding softball team. We did a deep dive into the Filer softball team. And, and Buell and Kimberly are also very talented. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, winner yeah. obviously gets to go to state. The second-place team has a chance to fight their way in via a play-in game against uh, the third-place team from District 3. Uh, right now, Homedale, Weezer, and Payette all look pretty solid from District 3. So, you, you know, if you, if you want to get to state, you better just win that district title.
0: Yeah, it is, because it's not going to get very easy for you in that play-in game, because you are going to run into some schools that can flat-out play softball. Uh, and that conference and those teams that you just mentioned are all really, really good. So whoever is in that playing game is going to have their hands full. Definitely.
1: All right. Well, we'll check back in next week and uh, probably be able to talk about some district championship matchups and maybe even some some bids already being clinched at state. As uh, man, there's nothing better than postseason baseball and softball. I just love it.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yep.
1: All right. Well, Scott Burton, as always, Billy Chapel, whatever you're going by this week. Hey, thanks yeah. as always uh, for, for uh, doing the research and, and doing the deep dives into these teams. Uh, we really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Hey, no problem. I, I didn't have a chance to put on a, a Jersey today, but I'll make sure I have one next week. I think I, if we're going to
1: talk a little bit of baseball, I've got the perfect one. I'll be ready to go. Okay, there's another little tease for you. You're going to have to tune in <laughs> next week to see what Scott's going to show up in. So That's right. All right, thanks for tuning in to the Magic Valley PrepCast. For Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on idahosports.com.